The fam, this is your NXT TakeOver In Your House 2021 post-show views and analysis right here on the Wrestling TakeOver Podcast. Let's get right into it. Welcome to... You're listening to the Wrestling TakeOver. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. TakeOver. Let's go. What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Wrestling TakeOver Podcast. NXT TakeOver In Your House is officially wrapped up. It's in the books. What did you guys think of NXT TakeOver In Your House? Before I get right into my notes and talking about what happened at TakeOver, giving you guys my honest opinions on NXT TakeOver In Your House, you guys know I'm always honest every single time I am on the show talking about pro wrestling. WWE NXT to me you guys might have a totally different perspective but NXT to me doesn't feel the same they got to get out of the Capital Wrestling Center they got to start traveling because majority of this show in my eyes felt like a generic episode of NXT on the USA Network. Just, it had that pay-per-view takeover production. Outside of that, like I said, it felt like an episode of NXT. I don't want to take anything away from the men and women that busted their ass tonight because everybody did great inside that ring. They told stories and they, you know, Killed themselves tonight for our entertainment. And that I can appreciate and respect. You know, I want to make another mention of this in terms of Triple H and him talking about, you know, fans need to stop being analytical on what they watch. You guys know that I am very creative on my show. I bring a different perspective and different mentality than anybody else in the IWC and the wrestling podcast scene in terms of I'm giving you guys my honest opinions on what I'm watching but I'm bringing a creative spin to it I'm bringing that creative mentality to the table that nobody else is bringing in the IWC in the podcast game you know Triple H mentioned several times fans need to stop being analytical. Fans need to stop overanalyzing things and worrying about where things are going. They just need to enjoy the show or pretty much stop watching. You know, that kind of... I was kind of ashamed with the views that Triple H gave. I love Triple H. And... I mentioned multiple times, not only on this show, but just in general on social media, that I would feel comfortable if Triple H ran the WWE from a creative standpoint. But recent days, his views kind of had me turn another gear in terms of not siding with him in regards to him running the WWE in the near future, if that's really possible Triple H came off pretty selfish and he came off not caring about the fans and also he brought things up about how we need to stop caring about the superstars and wherever they go it is what it is it feels like Triple H isn't really caring about the livelihood of the wrestlers that he has on NXT because we all know when they go up to the main roster 99% of them completely fail. Period. Okay, I could throw up many examples. I'm not going to do that here. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Triple H needs to get his act together. Triple H needs to stop worrying about the fans and worry about NXT. 
because I'm going to keep it 100 with you. NXT, I'm not going to say it sucks, but that feel of NXT all those years ago is not there. I believe partially to blame for it, and this is a fact, partially to blame for it is NXT going to the USA Network. That was the demise of NXT, in my personal opinion. But I just wanted to give you guys my thoughts on that. I know I'm kind of jumbling here. I know you guys want me to get right into my thoughts on NXT TakeOver in your house. I got my notes. Let's rock and roll. Let's talk about NXT TakeOver in your house. So we kicked off the opening match with Bronson Reed and MSK versus Legado del Fantasma. And this was for the NXT North American Championship and NXT Tag Team Championships. Now, you guys watch the match. I'm not going to really go over, you know, everything that happened. But I will talk about what happened towards the end of the match. So, Raul landed with the kick to the knee and then tagged out. Santos picks him up. Mishioku driver connects, but Carter breaks it up. Listen, that Mishioku driver by Santos Escobar to Bronson Reed was insane. I couldn't believe he connected. First of all, I couldn't believe he was able to pick up someone of a caliber of Bronson Reed. You know, he was obviously having trouble with it, but he connected with the move. He didn't botch it. And so that spot in my eyes was really big. And I popped heavy when he did that. And he picked him up pretty clean. And so Nash tags in after he broke up the roll. Uh, he rode under. He landed a Uranagi but misses it. And we've seen a legal tag by Wilder. Standing switch off the ropes. Carter with the knee. He then tags in Raul. Rolling Thunder Russian Uncle, uh Lake Sweep. And a Garyami combo. Wesley dives into them. And he eventually breaks the hold. On the floor, Reed flits, trains uh, Santos Escobar through the barricade and the chain length. MSK takes Wilder with the double stomp combo to the floor. Shirari powerbomb to Mendoza. And then Bronson goes to the top rope. And he pretty much nailed Raul Mendoza with the Samoan drop splash. So Bronson Reed and MSK win via pinfall. With a 747 splash from Reed on Raul Mendoza to retain the NXT North American Championship and retain the NXT Tag Team Championships. This was a fun match. It was pretty slow in the beginning, but to me, it picked up towards the middle and the end. So this was a fun match. I really enjoyed it. Every person in this match looked really good. I love the way that they made Santos Escobar, who's one of my favorites at NXT. They made him look strong in some sort of fashion. He did not take the pen. So congratulations to Bronson Reed and MSK. This was a killer open to NXT TakeOver in your house. Next up, man, we're talking about Mercedes Martinez. Versus Zaya Lee. Before I talk about the match, I gotta say, shout out to my girl Zaya Lee. Her character is on point. Sexually, she looks great. She's very beautiful, right? I love the character, and everything about Zaya Lee to me, she's getting better and better. Every single time we see her. And I'm loving the way that she is being booked. You know, she's able to take punishment. But then she's able to come back. You know, she's going to get her ass beat. But she's going to find the will to eventually stand tall and win a match. She's on a winning streak. You cannot beat the winning streak. I am praying and hoping. I'm going to talk about the NXT Women's Championship match later on in the night. But... I hope this leads into an eventual opportunity for Zia Lee to challenge whoever is still the NXT Women's Champion. She deserves a reign. She's on a streak. That needs to eventually lead towards an opportunity at the NXT Women's Championship. So, 
towards the end of the match here, we see Lee gets pup handle slammed, exploder suplex, excuse me, but she can't capitalize, and Mercedes hot shots her into the turnbuckles. Evelated corkscrew cliff hanger. That was a dope move by Mercedes Martinez. And towards the end, we've seen also that Zaya Lee got pretty much back body dropped outside the ring on the floor. That looked pretty scary because immediately Zaya Lee started grabbing her back. That was pretty intense. And I thought she really hurt her back, but obviously she was selling throughout the entire match. We also seen Zaya Lee put Mercedes Martinez near the ring post and attempted to kick uh, Mercedes Martinez in the face with her left knee. But Mercedes Martinez was able to dog out of the way, move out of the way, and Zaya Lee nailed her right knee into the turnbuckle. That was pretty brutal. Her selling is great. Just everything about Zaya Lee to me is just wonderful. People are giving her credit on social media, and it's great to see. This character is really benefiting Zaya Lee and pushing her to the eventual forefront of the women's division and NXT. So we see a fireman's carry. She fights off with knees. 440 roundhouse kick from Zaya Lee as she defeated Mercedes Martinez. Post-match, this was strange. So post-match, Lee tries to attack Martinez with the chair, but Mercedes cuts her off and wobbles Boa with it. She attacks Lee with it as she is well with the lights as it starts flickering and Mei Ying appears on the stage. That's the woman, the old woman, dead woman, whatever you want to call her, with the crown on her head, with the long hair, on the throne chair. She's looking at that woman is Mercedes Martinez. She's telling that woman, get your ass up. Let's fucking fight. Get your bitch ass up. So she's talking trash to this girl. And all of a sudden, Mei Ying gets up. I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck is going on here? You know, she's walking slow towards Mercedes Martinez. And out of nowhere, she starts grabbing the face of Mercedes Martinez. Does Mei Ying. And she pretty much throws Mercedes Martinez with one hand into uh, the barricade. I don't know what's going on. I'm pretty invested in it. I'm just very interested to see what is going to happen with Zia Lee. You know, she's obviously not going to get punished by Ling because she won, of course. And this whole package of Zia Lee, I'm interested in. I'm not interested in Boa. I couldn't give one, two shits about Boa. But Z Ling, I'm interested in. I want to see what she's going to do. Who is she, first of all? We don't know. And I hope, like I said, Zia Lee is thrusted sooner rather than later to the NXT Women's Championship pitcher and maybe wins it. I don't know. I'll talk about that. As I talk about the NXT Women's Championship match towards the end of the show. So Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa cut a promo in front of a garage door where they talk about how they're going to break some limbs in 48 hours. As they will be going in a match on NXT. Just a thought on Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. I'm kind of over this duo. I want my Tommaso Ciampa back. I want the Psycho Killer back on NXT in the main event scene. Timothy Thatcher, I'm just not a fan of. He's a tough son of a bitch. No cap. But Tommaso Ciampa, he needs to be thrusted right back into the main event scene. That's my thoughts on there. But I understand why they're a tag team. There's not a lot of tag teams in the NXT tag team division. So I can understand that. But I'm just speaking from a fan's perspective. Up next, we've seen Cameron Grimes, Mr. Tudor Moon versus LA Knight for the Million Dollar Championship in a ladder match. I'm going to tell you this right now, guys. This match went from boring as fuck. Nothing is happening to this was a pretty good 
ladder match. Not the best ladder match. This wasn't a classic by any means of the imagination. But for me, my opinion was going to be this match was trash. But that completely flipped towards the middle and end of this contest. This was a pretty good match by both men. You guys know what happened. I'm not going to really go over exactly what happened in terms of move for move. But I'll talk about what happened towards the end of this match. So we've seen LA Knight uh, land with uppercuts, but he turns him around, does he, with Cameron Grimes and throws him into the ladder. Leading the ladder in the ropes, grabbing Grimes by the neck, offering a trip to the moon, but Grimes reverses the whip and LA goes face first into the end of the ladder set up in the corner. I want to make a comment. LA Knight propping that thing in the corner, I don't like. It made him look stupid. Why was he going to prop something up there like that, but then ultimately get blasted in the face with that ladder? That made LA Knight look completely stupid. Just my opinion. So after he got landed first face into the corner with the ladder, Knight recovers but gets back body dropped into the ladder before he can make much of it. So both men during this match were selling their body parts. I loved it. The selling, the storytelling, perfection. So we've seen putting him in the ladder, bridge between ring and barricade. Grimes declares that he wants that gold and goes and gets the big gold ladder to set up on the stage. He sets it up in the ring and climbs, reaching. He is very, very close. I don't like how they kind of sell you know, they kind of go up the ladder just a little bit, just a little nidge. But they act like they can reach that motherfucker. Like, dog, you can't reach that shit. You're going to have to climb a little bit higher for you to have the ability to hold your hand all the way up in the air and grab that thing. I hate that. I've always hated things like that in ladder matches. It just, just bugged me. It just bugged me. That's just my opinion. So he sets it up in the ring. And climbs, reaching, like he said, he was very close. And L.A. Knight climbs up the other side of the ladder, punching away, smashing his face in the ladder, knocking him down. But Knight knocks off the ladder as both men are down. Grimes hits the crossbody power slam. Both men are down and out. Grimes recovers first. So we've seen Cameron Grimes rolls to the ramp. L.A. Knight brings the ladder and sets it up. Bridging a second ladder in between the upright one on the ring ropes. So this was cool. So we had a ladder. He propped it up, but then he grabbed another ladder and put that second ladder in between the middle of the first ladder. So that was pretty cool. Grimes recovers with the forearm shot, and then he landed a penalty kick on the stage. Those penalty kicks by Cameron Grimes are vicious. I remember in his Impact Wrestling days, as Trevor, and I remember him watching some of his matches, and those penalty kicks even before then were brutal. So I believe he does one of the best penalty kicks in pro wrestling. So we've seen Cameron Grimes up top of a ladder. LA Knight knocks it over, and he jumps to something of a scaffolding, splashes off the scaffolding, back inside, Grimes knocks Knight to the floor again, climbs a ladder, but LA Knight knocks him over into the ladder. Corey Effie, that was pretty much constructed, a little construction ladder, like I said earlier in the night. And LA Knight climbs up and wins the Million Dollar Championship. Now, we've seen post-match the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase himself, personally presented Knight with the title. Um, this match was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't the greatest ladder match in the world. I'm putting my phone down, guys. Uh... I have my notes there. But this match was good for what it was. All right. LA Knight was the right person to win this match. And here's why. LA Knight comes off more as a million dollar type of character than Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes to me is an underdog. He acted like an underdog in this match. A lot of people in the IWC were very, I would say, they were very disappointed and flat out annoyed 
that LA Knight won. Why are you flat out annoyed and bugged by it? LA Knight fits this character more than Cameron Grimes. Personally, that's just what I think. Cameron Grimes, the underdog, fighting against the odds, trying to climb up the ladder multiple times, multiple times, to eventually grab that championship. He failed. You guys, I, I want to see this match again. Not a ladder match, but I just want to see these guys battle again. Now, the Million Dollar Championship, it's one of the best-looking titles in all of WWE's entire history. Um, is this a prop title? It kind of looks like a prop title, but I wouldn't be mad if they kind of use it on occasion. Um, Cameron Grimes, I see eventually winning that title. But the right winner, in terms of the right character, personality, wrestling ability, the total package is L.A. Knight. Period. He has all the tools, man. He was great in this match. So was Cameron Grimes. The story of Cameron Grimes fighting back and fighting back. But he was ultimately unsuccessful. L.A. Knight continued to do dastardly things. Kept doing the sleaziest things to get an advantage over Grimes. It was a great story that was told here. I enjoyed this match overall. It was great. And props to LA Knight. And props to Cameron Grimes for delivering a good ladder match for the Million Dollar Championship. Up next. <sighs> Buckle up. I am about to kind of go on a mini rant. Um, I'm not going to be rude or disrespectful by any means of the imagination, but I'm going to keep it real. All right. Up next was Ember Moon versus Raquel Gonzalez, the champion for the NXT championship. Okay, guys, I'm just going to come out of the woodwork here. This match was boring. This match was boring. So, towards the end of the match, we've seen referee I.E. Smith warns Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai as Dakota Kai throughout the entire match was kind of cheating, giving the upper hand to Raquel Gonzalez. So, the heels take a breather, does Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Before I move, hold on, before I move on, hold up real quick. Why the fuck is NXT disrespecting Dakota Kai? You guys got to treat Dakota Kai with some respect. You guys are acting like she is the Kevin Nash to Raquel Gonzalez as Shawn Michaels. And I think that's completely blasphemy. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith for that. But it's really blasphemy. I think Dakota Kai is on the same level or even better than Raquel Gonzalez. Just my thoughts. Stop booking Raquel Gonzalez more powerful than Dakota Kai, man. I don't like it. I really don't. But either way, we've seen a suicide dive from Ember Moon back inside the ring. Baseball reverse STO. Uh, she then heads up to the top. Kai runs interference. Gonzalez steps up into a suplex. You know, we've seen a one arm power bomb reversed into a victory roll up. 4-2, and Raquel Gonzalez kicked out. Raquel landed with the big boot immediately after. She went for the near fall, but it got delayed via a vertical move by Ember Moon. Ember Moon reversed it into a, uh, a stun dog millionaire. I always botched that move. So she lands a stun dog millionaire, headed to the top, diving uh, cold breaker, excuse me, and she connects with it. Ember Moon... Back up to the top rope as she capitalizes with an eclipse. Dakota Kai puts Raquel's foot on the ropes. Shotzi Blackheart then comes in and pretty much is evening out the odds. She starts attacking Dakota Kai. She chases Dakota Kai up on the stage. We see right hands, left hands from both women. And she pushes Dakota Kai into the potted plant in front of the house before fighting to the back. Uh, FYI, that push... To Dakota Kai on those plants. That looked pretty brutal. Uh, you can kind of see Dakota Kai was kind of hurt there. 
Did you guys see that too, or is it just me? Am I tripping? I think Dakota Kai was legitimately hurt a little bit there. But so we seen move hit a tornado DDT onto the ramp. That was a nice spot and a great sell from Raquel Gonzalez. She attempted another eclipse blocked by Raquel Gonzalez as she scoops her up and lands a snake eyes. And then she lifted up one arm via powerbomb and she retained the NXT Women's Championship did Raquel Gonzalez. Listen, here's my rant, okay? Do I see Raquel Gonzalez as a big deal? I don't. I don't. Listen, I don't get it. I'm trying to choose my words carefully without coming off as disrespectful, okay? I like Raquel Gonzalez to an extent. She has the look. You know, her wrestling is getting better. She sounds great on the microphone. She talks in her related language while also talking in English. I love that. That's great. I was watching the press conference um, on Saturday before takeover tonight. And Raquel Gonzalez, impression, she presented herself very well as a world champion. But I think this push is a little bit too quick. You know, with Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, Raquel Gonzalez, check this out. I feel as these three women are being pushed so quickly because majority of the IWC are always bitching. And this is a fact. You can quote me on this. Majority of the fans in the IWC are always bitching and complaining about Asuka, about Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky, Charlotte. Why are those women always being given an opportunity at always challenging for world championships? We get Bianca Belair, champion. Rhea Ripley, champion. Raquel Gonzalez, champion. They're messing up Bianca Belair right now. Don't get me started with Rhea Ripley. They're fucking her up so bad and ain't even funny. Kel Gonzalez, right now they're doing a fine job with it. But I see Bianca as world champion. I see Rhea Ripley as world champion to an extent. Her booking's been terrible, though. Worse than all three of them. Raquel just started. Bianca, a little iffy, but I let a girl to the death. Raquel Gonzalez. I don't see her as world champion right now. Keyword, listen to what I just said. I don't see her as world champion right now. I didn't say ever. I said currently right now as we stand. I don't see her as world champion. I feel like her run has been completely pushed to the top fairly quickly for no reason. Why couldn't Dakota Kai get this spot? Why couldn't Dakota Kai get this spot and Dakota Kai play this heel character as world champion instead of Raquel Gonzalez? Raquel Gonzalez can be that, not underdog, but a sympathetic babyface, a sympathetic dominant babyface where her inexperience keeps getting in the way of her accomplishing to become the NXT Women's Champion. Dakota Kai has more experience than Raquel Gonzalez. I want to see Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai. I'm telling you right now, I want to see Dakota Kai take that championship off of Raquel Gonzalez soon. They should have reversed the, the characters here. Dakota Kai and her heel work should have been NXT Women's Champion. Raquel Gonzalez, a confident, inexperienced babyface chasing that NXT Women's Championship. You feel me? I'm, I'm being creative here. This is what I do better than anybody in the IWC. Anybody better in the podcast game and pro wrestling. But I, that's just my thoughts on it. I, I feel like Raquel Gonzalez's run right now, I can't shit on it. 
because it hasn't been that long. I'm not going to really praise it either because I just don't see her as world champion material right now. Maybe a couple months down the line. Not right now. I think her push is a little bit forced. They are trying to create a Latino um, world champion. And it's, it's not going well at all, honestly. And I want to point something out mentioning Raquel Gonzalez. If you guys seen on social media the past couple days, during the press conference, Raquel Gonzalez mentioned that she is the first Latino, you know, female-wise, uh, world champion in WWE. <laughs> I find that hilarious. That's not true. And you know the fans, you know, they came out of the work blasting the WWE, blasting NXT for mentioning that Raquel Gonzalez is the first ever Latino American world champion in the women's division. That's bullshit. Caitlin, I couldn't believe she's Hispanic. I didn't know that. She has that hair just. She has it. You know? What about AJ Lee? What about the Bella Twins? What about Bailey? What about many others? Many others. You know, I couldn't believe she's Hispanic. I didn't know this either. But Candice Michelle, she had a world champion. What about fucking Melina? I swear to God. WWE does not like Melina for some reason. I don't know why. Melina is one of the best of all time. Show that woman some respect. Matter of fact, show all the Hispanic women past that have been world champion in WWE. Show them some respect. Shout out to my Hispanic audience out there, man. But I found that incredibly disrespectful to the other women that have been world champion in the WWE that is. Hispanic. That's crazy to me. I just wanted to let you guys know that and give you guys my thoughts on that. That's crazy. But overall, I feel like this match was a complete dud to me. It was decent towards the end of it, but Ember Moon was going to lose. Give me a break. I don't care what type of story that they were trying to tell with Ember Moon. Ember Moon was not winning this match. The question is, who beats Raquel Gonzalez? Who beats her? You can do Dakota Kai. Personally, for me, I, I mean, I do Dakota Kai. I love Dakota Kai. Stop disrespecting Dakota Kai, bro. You can do Frankie Monet, a.k.a. Taya Valkyrie, one of the best in the world. She came from Impact Wrestling slash Lucha Underground. You can do her. I'm going to throw this name out, but I doubt it. What about... <laughs> if I say this woman's name, is going to be controversial, but you know what? I don't give a fuck. What about Tessa Blanchard? What if she comes in after Raquel defeats Frankie Monet? Defeats, again, Io Shirai defeats even though i love you to death but you know she defeats all these women and then she faces somebody and then she beats them and we're asking ourselves who's going to beat raquel gonzalez immediately after the match tessa blanchard makes her triumphant quote-unquote re-debut in the wwe she debuts, and that is the woman that intimately beats Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. I know I'm probably blowing smoke up everybody's ass right now. I know I'm probably being too creative, and I got to stop because that's probably not happening. But if you want to establish Raquel Gonzalez's run, she needs to be every single person you put in front of her until you find that one woman that is on her level in terms of microphone skill 
and in-ring ability and have all the momentum in the world. You want to make Tessa Blanchard one of the most evil heels? You have her come in, immediately debut, and pretty much point to Raquel Gonzalez. I'm challenging you. I want that match. You know why? Because I'm Tessa Blanchard. I deserve that shit. You give Tessa everything. One night, she beats her. Done. She's the NXT Women's Champion. She's the cocky heel. And we head on to the races. That's just my opinion. Let me know what you guys think about that idea. Let me know what you guys think of my analysis of the Women's Championship match. (sighs) Okay. We're going right through this, man. I'm not really taking any breaks. Um, I'm sweating. I'm sweating, but... um, I appreciate everybody that is going to press play and listen to this podcast and listen to this review. I appreciate all the continued love and support that I have been receiving on the Wrestling Takeover. If you guys, before I talk about the main event, if you guys not have subscribed and followed to the Wrestling Takeover podcast, please go do so on all available podcast platforms. Make sure you guys go specifically on Apple. Go comment. Please leave me a five-star rating. Follow me on social media. Follow me on Instagram, man. We're killing it on Instagram, man, for the podcast. It's at the Wrestling Takeover. And if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it is at Air Jordan Turner. I would like you to guys do that. I know I changed my at again. I know. But if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Air Jordan Turner. I would really appreciate it. And let's continue to grind on the wrestling takeover, man. We're taking over the IWC. We're taking over the podcast realm from a creative perspective. That's my pretty much blueprint for the podcast. Always being creative. Always giving you guys my views and opinions and analysis from a creative standpoint on what I would do better from a storyline standpoint, from a character standpoint, from how I would book a match. You know what I mean? That's what the podcast is about, man. We're taking over from a creative standpoint. So I appreciate the support. Let's talk about the motherfucking main event of NXT TakeOver in your house. So we got Adam Cole. NXT, please. Triple H, please. Road Dog, please. Shawn Michaels, please. Somebody. You got to give Adam Cole the Undisputed Era theme song back. His current one fucking sucks. I don't give a fuck what Adam Cole has to say. I don't give a damn what anybody has to say. Look at the response when Adam Cole's theme song hit the PA system. Everybody on social media was moaning and groaning and acting like a bunch of babies. And I was one of those babies. Okay, we were all acting like a bunch of babies whining because we miss the Undisputed Era's theme song. Bring that back, please. Certainly missed. Next up, we had Johnny Gargano. We had the NXT champion, Karrion Cross, Kyle O'Reilly, and Pete Dunne. Guys, I'm going to keep it real. This match was boring for the first couple minutes. I get it. But the match is boring for the first couple minutes. I have my notes. I am not going to go detail to detail. You guys watch the match. You guys know exactly what happened. I'm going to pick up towards the middle of the match. So we've seen Kyle O'Reilly buckles done. Suplex lifts reversal into a double wrist lock in the middle of the ring. Shifts to a triangle choke. Superman spear from Gargano. Cole takes advantage. Lands a brain buster onto the knee. So close as we've seen back and forth. Done with the moonsault. Super kick party. Takes him out. But Cole cannot finish the job. He can't pin. Because he got fucking blasted with the super kick. So we've seen one final beat and we've seen Gargano land an escape, but Kyle O'Reilly returns to the ring and beats 
or excuse me, he returns to the ring and breaks it up with a sliding knee. Kyle with strikes, he hits the streeper uh, drop brainbuster on Johnny Wrestling and heads up to the top, but Cole shoves him onto the floor. Adam off the second lands a Panamana sunrise. Dunn pulls him out of the ring and hits a brainbuster onto the floor, which looked completely nasty. These cells of all these men were just breathtaking. You know what I mean? Because one slip, especially with every big move that was hit, could have been the end. But it wasn't. It was some good shit by all of these men. So we've seen the Bruiserweight um, and Karen Cross as they return to the ring. And they are hamming him with punches and strategizing the champion. We've seen a German suplex takes Dunn off his feet. But he's able to fire it up and hits one of his own German suplex to Karen Cross. And then he lands a pump handle bitter end, but can't keep Karen Cross down as he goes for the pen. But Karen Cross was able to kick out. We then see a triangle choke applied to the other three guys, showed up to break it up. Did Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn works Adam Cole's fingers, but Cross Sayaleto suplexes both of them. Karen Cross is a fucking beast. I'll talk about his wrestling ability after I talk about what happened towards the end of the match. So, we see an elbow to the back from Cross to Cole's neck. Then a sleeper hold onto Dunn, but he straightens up and works on the fingers to break up the hold. We've seen one final beat on Dunn, but grabs Karen Cross grabs the sleeper on Gargano. He can't lock it in because of his fingers, how his fingers were getting jammed by Pete Dunn. So Gargano goes for the heart beeper reversal, but Cross kicks out. We've seen, there's a lot of notes here. So we've seen kneeling sleeper, Cole hits a last shot, axe smash from Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly heads to the top rope, bombs away. Adam Cole breaks it up with the super kick as he lands super kick party on every single competitor. So, but later on, we've seen Kyle O'Reilly rolls in a heel hook. Adam Cole desperately trying to break the hole, but he can't. Kyle drags him into the middle of the ring, and obviously, Adam Cole had no escape. I thought he was about to tap, and I'm thinking to myself, if Kyle O'Reilly fucking wins, I'm going to be pissed. But he doesn't. Thank God. Kyron Cross, like a monster, he completely grabs Kyle O'Reilly as Kyle O'Reilly was applying the heel hook to Adam Cole still. So Cross... Adds to the sleeper to uh, Kyle O'Reilly. And the referee, Drew Brewer, is on the top of the situation as Cole rolls out. Pretty much, Kyle O'Reilly was fucked. He is in this submission hole. There's no way for this guy to go. Karen Cross retains the NXT championship by referee stoppage with the sleeper hold on Kyle O'Reilly. Great decision. I love the ending of this match. Overall, this match was great. The first couple minutes was a dud. Towards the middle end, it definitely picked up. Shout out to Dunn. Shout out to O'Reilly. Shout out to Cross. Shout out to Gargano. And shout out to Adam Cole. Great match. Very fun. Karrion Cross retains the NXT Championship. Um, where is Walter? All right, we need to get Walter. Walter, Karen Cross, period. It's got to happen. I've been saying that for a long time. There's been some people in IWC have been saying the same thing. It's got to happen. But where does Adam Cole go from here? Is he main roster bound? I hope not. I hope not, man. But you got to look at it. There's nothing for Adam Cole to do in NXT. He's done. I pitched on SummerSlam for Drew McIntyre to beat Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell and to become the WWE champion. And then I put Adam Cole debuting and going to eventually challenge Drew McIntyre 
for the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. I am staying with that. That is what I would book personally. We'll see what happens. I think Adam Cole's time in NXT is not undisputed anymore. I think it's over. Who challenges Karrion Cross now? Pete Dunne? I love Pete Dunne. I would love to see that. Kyle O'Reilly? Absolutely not. Johnny Gargano? No. I'm going to continue to pretty much say this guy's name until it happens. Walter versus Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. If you want to add the UK Championship to that champion versus champion, you want to do something like that, winner take all, whatever you want to do, do it. Cross, Walter, take over, Vegas, make it happen. Triple H, I'm overanalyzing it, I know. But I'm good at creativity, bro. You should take notes. Karrion Cross, Walter, you got to do it. That is the only opponent that legitimately has a shot to beat Karrion Cross. Nobody in this match had a chance to beat Karrion Cross. I love Pete Dunne to the death, man. And he's one of the toughest motherfuckers in NXT. He can't beat Karrion Cross. What happens? With NXT moving forward, they got to get out of the Capital Winter, the the Capital Wrestling Center. Oh my God, I just botched that, but it's all good. The Capital Wrestling Center, they got to get out of it. NXT needs to start touring again, and it's got to be done. I love NXT. That's why I'm up here reviewing the show. I'm not just up here just because it's a pay-per-view. And I want to get the podcast out there. That, fuck that. I'm doing it because I love NXT. I'm passionate about NXT. I want NXT to succeed. Triple H. I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm not just talking shit. Just to talk shit. I have validity with my views and opinions. NXT needs to leave that arena. The USA Network, they got to do something. They got to get out of the USA Network. I know that's not happening, but Triple H needs to talk to Vince and be like, listen, we got to go on Peacock. It's pretty much the WWE Network still. We got to go on the WWE Network. Two two hours, whatever. If you want to do two hours, but we can go back on the U- on excuse me the WWE Network, please do that for me, please. If they have to stay at two hours, but they are on the WWE Network, I'm completely content with that. They just got to get the fuck out of the USA Network because it is killing NXT. When they moved away from the WWE Network and... Onto the USA. It killed. I'm going to be honest. It killed like 95% of the vibe. And the aura. Of NXT. It did. You don't like that. That's fine. That's my opinion. But. That's just how I feel. Also. This kind of felt like an NXT episode. I don't, I don't know why. I don't, I hate, you know, being overly critical. (laughs) Listen, don't get me wrong. This pay-per-view didn't suck. But the rating or the grade, see, I do grades. I don't do out of tens. I do a grade. The grade for this show. Do they deserve this rating? Do they deserve this grade that I'm about to give them? Probably not. But it's the vibe that I was given when I was watching this show. The grade I'm going to give NXT TakeOver in your house. I'm giving it a B. Flat B. 
possibly a C plus, but I'm gonna arrange and say the overall grade is a B. I want my NXT back. They gotta go. They just something needs to be done with the NXT. Period. End of story. And that's my thoughts on NXT Takeover in your house. It was, I would say, a successful show with some kind of boring aspects in terms of the match starts and just the flow of the show. Um, the women's match was a dud for me. And um, the right winner in the main event was given. So I can't really complain from that standpoint. That is my thoughts on the show, you guys. I hope you guys enjoy listening to my takes. And you guys subscribe and follow to my podcast. Any new listeners out there, I would like you guys to subscribe and follow. I always bring up good points. I'm very creative. And I would love to gain a female audience as well. You know, my main audience right now is Mel. I I see the statistics. And it's all male. That's great. But I'm also looking for my queens out there. I got my kings. I need some of my queens. And I would appreciate if those... That pretty much happens. I I would greatly appreciate if I... You know, start gaining a female audience. If you guys love what you listen here, man. I would appreciate the follow. And NXT overall... Doesn't really feel like NXT to me. Something is off. What is it? I think it was the move to the USA Network. This is the Creative King. That's a wrap for the podcast today. I will see you guys next time in the new week. of Professional wrestling right here. On the most creative podcast in the IWC. In the podcast game. It's the Wrestling Takeover. The Glock in my Seventeen shots, no thirty-eight. Yeah, I got the Glock in my robbery. Seventeen shots, no thirty-eight. Yeah, she's fine. Wondering will she be mine? Walk past, I 